Good morning and welcome to Subject ACT for local current affairs from a curious and informed perspective. I'm Doug Doving. Today on Subject ACT, three-time world kickboxing champion Ben the Governor Edwards joins us to talk about his toughest battle and his cage-fighting debut in the MMA in Canberra on the 15th of July. Ben is a seasoned fighter and has fought at Madison Square Garden, Serbia, Romania, Netherlands and Japan. The MMA Vanguard has described the governor as the Canberra-based knockout specialist and they believe mixed martial arts brass from all over the world will be watching and waiting Edwards' transition to MMA. Ben, welcome to Subject ACT. So tell us a bit more about your, your boxing. You got into training around 12 years old. But so when did it catch your attention to say, look, I'm pretty good at this, I should take it further? Well, I didn't actually know if I was any good or not. Because in, in 2003, I, I was playing uh, for the Queensland Blues at the time. And yeah, I mean, I, I just had to do it. I had to mm-hmm. do it. I was cross-training. I started training with a guy called John Varon, who I ended up living with. He ended up passing away, but he's, yeah, he's, he was a very much a father figure to me, as well as my, my dad. But... I just had to do it, mate. I, I, I can't explain it. I had to do it. I was, I was happy with what I'd achieved in football. Mm-hmm. I didn't know whether I was good or not. Like, I was good in the gym and hitting the pads and training and all that sort of thing, but you never know how you're going to go until you're actually in a fight. Because I'd only ever been in one fight when I was, like, 12, which went for two seconds in year seven, <laughs> which was a non-event. And I'm friends with that guy now, ironically, as well. He stole my hacky sack, man. Remember hacky sack? <laughs> I do, I do. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, I, just, I mean, I just, it was an itch that I had to scratch. And it was, even though I walked away from money and a good living playing footy, mate, I, I have no regrets at all, mate. I'm very happy. Yeah. That's the best decision I made in my life. So as, as it unfolded as a, uh, as a boxer, professional boxer, and, and also karate, how, how did that evolve? Um, well, I originally started, I was actually into MMA before I was into anything else. Oh, you know, really? I was, uh, okay. I watched, watched the, the big Mike Tyson fights and stuff. But I bought my first. You couldn't even um, like buy the UFCs on video back then, so I used to get them at the back of the martial, the pirated version at the back of the martial arts <laughs> shop around a VCR, which is the only way you could get them back then. Yeah. And I remember I bought my first one in 1998. It was UFC eight, and I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I was like, "This, I've got to do this. This, this is a, this is awesome." Yeah, yeah. And um, but there was nowhere to do MMA in Canberra in 1998, so I started in kickboxing, and um, by the time I'd uh, you know MMA started popping up, jiu-jitsu schools and stuff. I'd already so far advanced in kickboxing that it would have been silly for me to walk away from it at the time. So, um, yeah, I just had to do it. And then uh, training out of the same gym, that obviously they did boxing as well as kickboxing. And, um, yeah, we got off with, you know, the the fight came about with John Hoppawadi, which was my boxing debut. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, that that obviously went very well for me. And... uh, yeah, so I had my, my boxing debut three years after my kickboxing debut. And, uh, yeah, I just took whatever um, good, good money fights I could take over the next couple of years. So how long ago was that? Uh, I fought John Hoppawadi on April 13, 2007. Mm-hmm. So Friday that, the 13th. Really? So that was yeah. a good uh, anniversary day for you? Yeah, Black Friday. Yeah. <laughs> so can yeah. you talk us through that, that actual first fight. What, was, what did it feel like for you? Uh, well, the crowd was absolutely insane. We, we weren't sure, you know, if we were going to sell any tickets or not, but it, it caught fire, like, on the week. And we, the amount of people we had, like, we sold out the venue in, like, an hour. And 99% of the people there were going for me. 
Yeah. There was people like outside trying to look in, and it was unbelievable. You can watch the video on YouTube. You can see all, all my mates like hitting me on the leg after I dropped it. <laughs> like the crowd was insane, where, absolutely crazy. Where did you have this fight? That was at the auditorium in the Tuggeranong Vikings Club. Really? So you had your first yeah. fight in Canberra? Uh, I had my very first kickboxing fight at the Italo Club yep. in Canberra, and I had my very first boxing fight at the Vikings Club in Arendelle, Canberra. Wow, and since then you've become now the three-time world kickboxing champion with the International Sport Kickboxing Association, also the Australian National Heavyweight Boxing Champion. So a lot has happened. Tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, well, with the ISKA title, that was um, that was pretty special. That's probably the most special one I've had in the ring. Was because as I was saying before, my trainer, mm. Johnny Varian, who I ended up living with at the time, I was living in a granny flat at the gym, and yep. he was in a house on the other end of the gym. Uh, he, he passed away six weeks before the fight and the day before my birthday, before our, my world title fight, which was which was a huge deal for us, obviously, because he, he brought me through. I started with him when I was 19 years old, and here we are going into our first world title, and he'd never had taken a fight to a world title before as well. So that him, him passing away, that was obviously a devastating blow for all of us. We, he had a four-month-old son at the time, and two adopted kids, a young wife. It was just a tragedy all around. And me and the promoter, we organised to give all the, the money to his family. We, we made him over $50,000, which we were very proud of. But wow. even just on the, the fight like that night, there were so many people there that not necessarily fight fans. They just came to support John's family. And, mate, I, I couldn't even do my teeth. I was that nervous. You go, <laughs> like, obviously, fighting is pretty stressful. But when you've got the, that kind of pressure, like, that's hard to prepare for. You know what I mean? It's, I, I couldn't even put – I couldn't eat. I couldn't eat for, like, 36 hours. I was a day and a half before the fight. Really? I was just so nervous. Like, oh, I'd never put more pressure on myself. That was life and death to me. And I don't say that lightly. That was, yeah, I was not going to lose that one. That's for sure. Absolutely. That was all dedicated in this. And really nice photos where I knocked the dude out and, you know, crying and <laughs> looking up to the sky. Everyone's crying. It was, it was yeah, it was a beautiful night. Oh, mate, what a fantastic. So do you have a lot of mates or friends travel with you to see some of the fights? Well, most of my stuff lately has been outside of Canberra. It's been overseas. Mm-hmm. So I haven't really fought. Uh, last time I had a kickboxing fight was in Melbourne in 2013. And most of my other stuff's been either in Canberra or I've had three in America. Now, let's just talk a little bit about mixed martial arts. For some people, they don't know what it is. Could you just explain a little bit about what mixed martial arts is? Well, basically, it's just a blend between uh, boxing, kickboxing, wrestling and uh, jiu-jitsu. A lot of people, you know, obviously the stereotypes of cockfighting and all that sort of thing, but there is quite a, a huge amount of rules where uh, fighter safety is paramount. And for anyone that says that it's not a sport, there's rules, regulations, a referee, and two willing trained participants. So if that doesn't make it a sport, I don't know what is. Mm-hmm. It's um, one of the fastest growing sports in the world. And basically, it's just it's the most pure form of fighting. You know what I mean? With the, with right. the most limited amount of rules with maximum safety. So the sport's made progress leaps and bounds since the very early brutal days when there was no weight divisions, no anything. Yeah, it's, it's a le- really legitimate sport and it, I, I, it's mainstream and it has been for a couple of years now. Now, I was reading in the MMA Vanguard, they were saying that the MMA brass around the world will be watching this upcoming fight. Yeah, well, I was on a bit of a roll. Like I had a big win at Madison Square Garden in 2013 and that, that put me up to number four in the world. So even though I was a world kickboxing champion, quote-unquote, mm. in reality, I was probably top 20 in the world at that time. The top guys all fought for K1, and then when, when K1 dissolved, all the top kickboxers in the world fought for a company called Glory. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And when I had my big win at Madison Square Garden, I knocked out the number four guy in the world, and I became the number four guy in the world. So I was on a bit of a roll. Then I had a bit of a name on the world stage. Mm-hmm. Then I, I had some personal problems. And yeah, I had two very ordinary performances. I was burnt out. I had I, no excuses, as I said before, but I, the truth is I had a lot of problems in my personal life. I fixed all of them. Took 18 months off. Well, I had one boxing fight in 18 months, but yes. that doesn't really count for much. But I'm, I'm refreshed and I've surrounded myself with good people. I'm enjoying training and I'm really looking forward to fighting again. Now, when you talk about training for basically your debut to uh, MMA, what, what is your training regime like? Uh, it's pretty full on. I do anywhere from 10 to 12 training sessions a week. I know, yeah. I know when I need to go harder. I know when I need to take a day off. As I said, I've been fighting for 13 years now. Um, I train twice a day, Monday to Friday, and Saturday morning we've got sparring, and if I'm if I'm feeling up to it, I'll go for a run on Saturday night, and if I'm not, I'm, I'm going to rest, because I've, I've done it before where I leave all, I've trained, for one fight I trained for five months, didn't do, didn't drink, didn't do anything bad for five months, yep, yep. and I left my best work in the gym, it's too much, you know what I mean, so, <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah, it's, it's, it's full-time work, I'm either eating, sleeping or training or preparing to do one of the three and I'm, I'm just constantly sore, tired and hungry yes. but mate, I, I love it and I, I, it's, it's the only thing I do that that feels right, you know, it's so it's, it's a hard thing to explain, coming mm. from a kid with <laughs> no confidence and non-confrontational to travel on the other side of the world and fight monsters, it's, it's pretty crazy but yeah. I definitely love what I do, man Because you're you're six foot three so you're not yeah. a little bloke now Yeah um, Going back to say that the the match in Madison Gardens, going into that match, can you describe it? The noise, the lights, what what was going through your head? Well, it was. It's, it doesn't matter where you fight. It's just it's always the same feeling. Whether I'm fighting a really good guy or a guy that I'm supposed to beat up, you still it's still the exact same feeling. You're still mm-hmm. you know very nervous, but you know I embrace the nerves. Nerves are a very healthy thing. Um, it was just yeah, it was just a really cool experience just to walk around New York and. Yeah. You know, take it all in. And then when I got there, you know, I saw a whole bunch of famous faces, met, you know, Floyd Mayweather, Idris Elba. And uh, and to get the win, how I did from losing the fight, because the guy I fought was a six foot seven Moroccan, like he's a huge oh, guy. Wow. And I had a cut on my eye, I got a little scar on my eye from him where he needed me in the head. But <laughs> it was, um, yeah, no, it was a beautiful experience. But I, I, I love New York. Well, and I'm not a big city guy, but I really had a good time over there. Isn't that amazing to think a, a man from Canberra? has gone to the world stage through um, boxing martial arts? Yeah, it's kind of... I, I, I think about it all the time, but I don't think I'm, I'm letting it set in until I retire. I don't <laughs> want to, like, look back too soon. You know what I mean? No, I no, just, no. I'm just going to... I'm very proud of what I've done, but I, I don't spend too much time looking at the rear view mirror. I'm always looking no. forward. When I call it a day, then I'll look back. And, yeah, um, yeah then, then I'll really take it in. But at the moment, I'm, I'm always looking forward. But, no, it was, I had a really great time over there. Ben the Governor Edwards is a well-seasoned fighter on the world stage. After this song, you will discover another side to Ben. You are listening to Subject ACT on 2XXFM 98.3. I'm Doug Dobing. Like a small boat on the ocean Sending big waves into motion like how a single word can make a heart open I might only have one match but I can make an explosion and all those things I didn't say were wrecking balls inside my brain 
track was Fight Song by Rachel Platten. Thank you for listening to 2XXFM 98.3 People Powered Radio. Today we have three-time world kickboxing champion Ben the Governor Edwards with us on the program talking about his upcoming MMA debut on July the 15th. When people hear it's a cage fight, that really creates an image of uh, violence. What's the case yeah. Well, the cage is actually a lot safer to fight in than a ring because the amount of people you see, especially in an MMA fight, the amount of people you see fall out of the ring and injure themselves. You can see it in Bernard Hopkins' last fight. Mm-hmm. That was a boxing fight. He fell completely out of the ring, smashed his head on the concrete. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just the, the cage, although it looks very intimidating and all of the above, it's, it's, it's much safer to fight in a cage where you're not going to fall out, you're not going to hit your head. Mm-hmm. The referee's in there, you, you know what I mean? There's, there's nowhere to go. It's uh, It's... it's much safer to fight in the cage than a ring. So the, the cage is pretty much more for the safety of the, the fighters? Absolutely. Mm. How did you get titled or named the governor? <laughs> well, um, there's, there's an old old school British bare-knuckle boxer called Lenny McLean. Yes. And his, actual, his movie's coming out called My Name is Lenny. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if it's this year or early next year. And, and an Australian guy actually played him. Where yeah. was my phone call, firstly, for the role? And... <laughs> But he, uh, he was just an old-school British bare-knuckle boxer. Like, he was a legend yep. in, uh, in, the, in the UK, and he was in the movie um, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Bales. He's passed away now, but he was just an old-school, tough-looking dude. 
And uh, some of my mates reckon I look like him. <laughs> and my nickname at the time was Bang and Ben, which I didn't, you know, wasn't really a fan of. Yeah. And I don't know if the governor's much better, but I adopted <laughs> it and they're kind of stuck, so I'll take it. <laughs> oh, but it's always good having a, a name that there's a, there's a story behind as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's quite the compliment. He's um, If you look up Lenny McLean, you can see what he's just a real mean dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's a compliment on my mates for taking the piss out of him, but I'll take it. <laughs> because on the outside and when you come into the matches, you you are a, a strong fighter. But as you were saying, you've got a good heart for people. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm, I'm a very... Uh, I think I'm more in touch with my emotions than... Uh, the average guy, to be honest. You have a look at my iPod, it could be a 13-year-old girl. <laughs> <laughs> but from my experience, all the, all the genuine tough guys I know, we all like soft music. So I don't know if there's some kind of psychology in there, or everyone likes soft music, but not everyone's man enough to admit it. <laughs> yeah, wow. And what would you say, like you said you were down and out a few years ago, what has been your secret to success? Man, I, was, I never gave up on myself, basically. Man, I, you know, two years ago I had an extreme... I had a really bad problem with drugs, Oxycontin. I was messing around with morphine. I was stealing drugs with my parents. It was just a terrible time, and I went into full-blown... You know, I do credit when Stu, my ex-girlfriend now, she pretty much locked me up in her house mm-hmm. for a week to help get me... You know, bought me everything I needed, got me off Oxycontin tablets. I was a mess on that. I was mm-hmm. taking a quarter of a gram a day, which is an awful lot. It's, it's pharmaceutical heroin, yep. and that was the worst week of my life. Was that because of, was that because of treatment for injury and pain? Well, I originally started taking them like after a fight when I was all you know all banged up and corked and stuff, and then I especially overseas fights because you get your legs corked and you know your, your head's a little bit banged up, mm. and then you got a thirty six hours of flight time to get home. You know, I fought in Holland, I fought in Romania, I fought in Serbia. They're long flights home, especially when you're injured. Mm. Mm. And I started taking them there, and then I I started take because I had full access to them with my parents. They had heaps of stuff. And um, then I take them after training, and then I just got addicted and I got out of control. And my last two fights, I was just, I was just a mess. Mm. I wasn't focused. I just, yeah, I, I, I just I was just a shell of for myself. Mm. So how did you get out of it and back on track? Well, I told my mum. I told my mum I was going for a run one night, and um, just started crying halfway through the run. Basically, mm. came home crying, told mum everything, and like every single thing. And, um, yeah, I felt like the weight of the world was off my shoulders. You can imagine how I felt stealing yeah, off my mum. Yeah. My mum, my my man, is the most important person in my life. I felt, yeah, just like a terrible person. But she was cool. And, uh, yeah, just came honest with everything, honest with everyone. And, yeah, just honesty, man. The truth will set you free. Yeah. So, yeah, just stay positive And that's it, man. Surround myself with good people. Stay positive and good things happen. So to come back from there to where you are now, that's a tremendous achievement. Yeah, mate, I, I guarantee you. You know, if, if things go well in this fight, it's I'll cry one hundred percent because it's it's been a long road, man. It's mm-hmm. been a really long road. I never thought, even this time last year, mate. I was twenty kilos heavier than I am now. Yep. Just obese and just not not in not happy. You know, not not in a good place mentally. I wasn't able to help my parents the way I wanted to. I didn't want to fight. I was burnt out from fighting, but mm. I'm in a good place now. You know, I've come a long way in a short amount of time, and I'm proud of myself. But this is only the beginning, mate. I've got, a, I've got a lot to prove to myself and to everyone else. And it, I'm looking to make a, a big statement mm. in the MMA world. And it is interesting. People look from the outside and say, look, here is a successful athlete. 
but they don't realise the struggle behind the scenes or what you've had to get to do and the price to get where you are now. Yeah, well, all, all people see is the, the finished product. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they see me, you know, if I have a good night, you know, not to do that quick or whatever, and everyone's like, oh, you know, thank God that done pretty easy, but they don't see the three months of work that goes into it beforehand or all the, the nights not going out, not meeting people, and, you know what I mean? Like, no relationships, sitting at home every weekend. You know, I, I, I choose to do this. Yes. So I don't, I don't, I don't want any any sympathy whatsoever. But I, I love what I do, and I choose to do it. But it ain't easy to do what I do. But at the same time, I think struggle is very healthy mm. for a lot of people. You know, but I was reading a thing recently on Chris Cornell. You know, the the Soundgarden guy who committed suicide, multi millionaire, yeah. good looking bloke, like had all the success in the world. But I was listening to psychologists talk about the importance of struggle for the human psyche. We're made to struggle, you know what I mean? We're made to adapt and overcome. And that's what life's all about, man. What's your motivation for getting into fighting? Well, I originally just wanted to do it because I loved it. Mm. Now, you know, where I'm at, like, I've put all my eggs in this basket. I've sacrificed, you know, every fighter says they sacrifice a lot of things, and they do, but... Mate, I'm 33 years old. I'm in debt. I'm living with my mum in Charnwood, where we have money problems, obviously. Now, I fight because I love it, but I want to give my mother a better life. You know, my mum's a very hardworking lady. She's tough as nails. I want to give her the life that she deserves. But there's a story behind that. A couple of years ago, Dad was hospitalised, Mum was caring, and your family really was um, about to lose their house. Yeah, we lost the house to the bank, um, and we, we moved about two k's up the road, but in a house about about a third as big. Mm. And uh, with two disabled people being my parents and me, there's not a lot of room around. Mm. So, um, yeah, as I said, mate, my mum is my dad's full-time carer, and my mum, she's riddled with arthritis. She's got her own health problems. So, obviously, it brings me peace of mind uh, to live here as well. But obviously, being 33, living with your parents, and having achieved so much, it's sort mm. of like, ah... Uh, you know, I'm, I made some poor financial decisions, nothing crazy. I just didn't have the best people around me. I was a bit inexperienced with money. It's just lessons learned. I've learned from my mistakes. Took those 18 months off and I fixed everything. Yeah, and yeah. I'm on my way to, uh, you know, giving my mother and myself and, of course, my dad a you know, much better life. You're fighting for two things. One is your family and one is your fighting career. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like fighting is very intrinsic, I guess would be the word. I just, yeah. I have to do it, man. Even if I, if I wasn't making a cent and I had another job, I'd still be fighting. I love it, man. I did the saliva test. My auntie gave me the saliva test thing, and I've got, like, Klansmen and Scandinavian, like, Scottish and Scandinavian blood, so I might have some Klansmen Viking DNA in me, which would explain an awful lot. <laughs> uh, mate, that is fantastic. And what would you say to someone who is looking to become an MMA fighter or a boxer? Any advice for some young fellow? Um, just be honest with yourself and surround yourself with good people. Mm. And you have some good people, I understand. Andrew Maxson is helping you. Yeah, I've got some uh, beautiful people around me. Like, even even the people that I've, I've cut out of my life, they're not necessarily bad people, but we just we just weren't a good mix at the time. You mm-hmm. know, life's all about timing, and it, it wasn't the right timing no. for uh, you know for, for me and my, my former. And this is not just like related uh, part of my team. Yeah, you know, I got rid of, and some some people in my personal life I got rid of, and but yeah, now I got guys like Andrew Mack and Duke Didier and uh, Josh Tyner, just a whole bunch, just genuinely good people. Yeah, you know, yeah. Who are, you know they're, they're family. They're family to me. So I've never had that sort of feeling going into a fight before. Well, not for a long time anyway. And I know these guys, you know, I trust them. You know, you, you pretty much have to trust someone with your life when it comes to a cage fight. So yeah, I trust yeah. these guys and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, sharing a lot of positive life experiences with them. This upcoming um, match that you are fighting for your debut, it's uh, against Brandon 
Zilla Sassoli. Yeah. Uh, now, he he has already um, been ranked, I understand, with five wins, three losses and zero draws, and you're unranked. How do you reckon you're going to go against him? I think his records now is actually six and four, and including his amateur career, which he had another eight fights. So he's had 18 MMA fights to my zero. Mm-hmm. Now, there's two fights of mine I've had in MMA gloves, but it was extremely limited rules. So this is my official MMA debut under UFC rules. So mm-hmm. I've definitely picked myself a hard fight. He's, he's a very experienced guy, but um, I, I'm, I've, got a, I've got a great team around me. I'm doing everything right. I'm, I am a seasoned fighter, so I know how to get ready for a fight. And I'm, I'm very. He, he, Brandon's a. He's a solid guy. He's just. A, he's just a solid all rounder. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. Whereas I'm, you know, obviously, huge puncher, very accurate, very fast. And mate, I, 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 not to sound like an idiot, but I'm a really good athlete. I know what I can do. There's not many other big men that can do what I can do. And I'm, I'll be very confident going into the fight. Because the stats I was reading from Tapology said he has the 78% chance to win. Is that true? No, mate. Stats, none of that. None of that means anything, man. You can you can <laughs> have all the. You can be 100% chance to win, but if it's big guys and little gloves, man, so anything can change in a heartbeat. It's the fight in the in the dog, isn't it? Yeah, mate. I've knocked out 40 men in 10 ounce gloves. Now I'm going to be wearing four ounce gloves. So really, you do the math. You do the percentages on that. <laughs> now, when you have a match, um, I was reading an article that talked about people have to watch the match because it goes very quickly. If they blink, they may miss you. Yeah, well, that's the, that's the beautiful thing about heavyweight fighting. You know, it can it can go one way or the other, and everything can change in the blink of an eye. So, with the matches, how long is each round? Uh, this this fight is three five minute rounds, which is what the UFC does as well. Mm-hmm. There was a company in Japan, and Japan's a bit like the Wild West. They're not they're not too concerned with steroids. They're not too concerned with weight divisions. And they used to have a ten minute opening round with a five minute second round. Wow! So it was quite different over there. They'd score the fight as just one big round, where as UFC rules, they they score each round individually. Mm-hmm. So it is slightly different. But yeah, this this one will be three five minute rounds. But I am looking to get into five five-minute rounds, which is what the UFC main events are. And five-minute round, that's pretty strenuous for uh, for mixed martial arts. Yeah, it's a lifetime. It's, it's definitely a lifetime. Because even in boxing, you can sort of cruise around a bit. You can, you can take a bit of time off during the round. But mm-hmm. if you've got someone leaning all over you, and especially with me, everyone's going to try and take me down. No one's going to want to stand with me. They're going to be leaning all over me. And it's, it's extremely fatiguing to have a big man wrestling with you, leaning all over your arms. Mm-hmm. And then even if you get away, hopefully your arms aren't too dead where you can actually still throw some explosive punches. So I know what his game plan is going to be. He's just going to be on me like glue. Yeah. He's going to try and grind me up against the fence and keep me there or take me down to the ground. So I've got to, I've got to keep, him, keep him at bay. So between each round, how, how long do you have as a break? One minute. One minute to recover, ready for yes. the next five minutes. Correct. Wow. Now, um, why should people come and see you for this match? Um, because my, my, my record speaks for itself, mate. I've had 60 fights, and of those 60 fights, there's over 50 of them have gone to a finish. So they haven't gone to a decision. I've only been to a decision like five times in my life, win or lose. So if you like fighting... And you like the holy shit factor. That's exactly what I bring. <laughs> so, wow. So, this could be a good match. Mate, it's, 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 a, compl- it's a styles, it's a stylistic matchup. It's a experience versus experience in one aspect versus experience in another aspect. 
it's going to be one guy running forward and uh, one guy throwing bombs, mate. So <laughs> on paper, it's a very exciting fight. Oh, just from what you're saying, it does sound to be a very exciting match. We wish you all the best for uh, the debut into the MAA on July the 15th. That's it, mate. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for being on our program. No, no worries, mate. My pleasure. All the best for the fight. Cheers. Oh, thank you very much. Cheers, mate. You have been listening to three-time world kickboxing champion Ben the Governor Edwards talking about his toughest battle and his upcoming cage-fighting debut in the MMA in Canberra on July the 15th. You can listen to this program and other informative podcasts at soundcloud.com forward slash subject ACT. Tune in to Subject ACT on 2XXFM 98.3 each weekday morning from 8.30 to 9. You can also stream us live at 2XXFM.org.au forward slash listen. And don't forget to stay in touch on Facebook and Twitter. Stay tuned for more on 2XXFM 98.3 People Powered Radio. Thank you for your company on Subject ACT. I'm Doug Doving. Have a great day.